Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. There are all these moms like doing these things. It's out there. It's available. But we don't know about it because we don't talk about it. No one has ever talked about moms doing things besides being home with your kids or grinding on a corporate ladder. When I left corporate, I, you know, I had a great resume and like, if I don't have an email signature that says Netflix or Us Weekly, is no one going to respond to me? I think there's a way that I'm an entrepreneur, but I don't want to be on the cover of Forbes. Like I want to like have a good living and feel fulfilled, but I really want to see my kids. Like I really want to take my kid to swim. I really want to have Fridays with them. I want to pick them up from camp and like not multitask on a work call in my car. Like I want that. And I have that. Hey, senorita, really nice to meet you. Have some tequila and say, This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's former Netflix executive, award-winning video and content strategist. She's now the host of Mom's Exit Interview, also on Podcast One, Kim Ritberg. I want to know what made her pull the trigger on leaving the corporate world to work for herself. And it wasn't the pandemic. It happened before then. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. You'll always get an alert when a new episode drops, and it will help me out so much maybe even leave a review. Here's my episode with Kim Ritberg. What made you pull the trigger? You were a Netflix executive, you're in the corporate world, and now you're sitting in a, a, I don't know, a bedroom (laughs) doing your own thing. And you did it. It wasn't the pandemic. Like a lot of mompreneurs, like for me, I launched during the pandemic. You made this decision before the pandemic to step away. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I like to think that the timing was just serendipity because I ended up making a huge career shift from 15 years in media to working for myself. And like, never in my life have I timed something so fortuitously. So it was September right before COVID hit that I finally pulled the trigger. Um, Honestly, it was like a few years in the making, pretty much first 10 years of my career was in TV. So like news and lifestyle, like I was the hand that holds those microphones interviewing the celebrity, like, Oh, like, Hey, Beyonce, like, How's your babies? You know, like that, that, that hand. <laughs> and um, the irony is because I actually have really like unmanicured tiny fingers and hands. Um, but anyway, they're like you, I, you will hold yeah, the microphone. <laughs> they're like you with the least photogenic hand. You should be the hand person. So I, you know, I'd interviewed celebrities and then I also did hard news, like serious, like I covered inaugurations, I covered like crazy crime stories. And so that was sort of the first 10 years. Digital came, I wanted to work in digital and I led the Us Weekly video unit. And this was like, like career high. Um, I got to like create a business in a business. My boss was amazing. He was very hands-off. So let me do what I wanted to do, but gave me a lot of great guidance. I got to hire my own team, which is very rare to be able to like really handpick your people within a company. I had this amazing team and we were getting to make all this fun content and everyone was really invested because we were like a startup, like it was startup mentality. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, It's really exciting. (laughs) And I joked that I had two babies, like the us weekly baby and Lily, my actual baby. (laughs) I, I started that job five months pregnant and, um, yeah. So I, I had the baby when I had a few staffers. And then when I came back from mat leave, I had 10 people and then 17 people. So like my baby was within a, under a year and I had this huge team answering to me and I was pumping in my office and, yep. but it was honestly great because I felt like in control and we were succeeding and I loved my team, but, but I was racing home at like five 30, like racing home to get like an hour with my baby 
like after the baby went to sleep, I did more work on my phone. Like it was crazy, but I did love it. Then we got acquired. Oh, us week we got acquired. Yes. Yep. They got acquired. I was like in all the meetings about it leading up. And as they got acquired, a lot of people were quitting in my team because they didn't know what would happen. And then on other teams, all of my peers that I like really liked and worked with over the past three years, built up relationships with, and my boss, everyone was laid off. Mm. So I am nine months pregnant with my second child. Oh my God like about to pop <laughs> and having this like huge chaos happening in the office. And I'm like, oh my God, I killed myself for the last three years, but also like last 15 years working in media. Yeah, I've been killing myself to like get here and I finally am successful. And it's like, this is it. Yes. Like, that's all there is. Wow. And my mat leave was cut from what should have been six weeks to three weeks of paid maternity leave. Three. <laughs> I'm an executive, but, but might I tell you, I was an executive, like making good money, like well respected three weeks of maternity leave paid. And I just was like, I have no control over my life. Like I, everyone's quitting. All of my peers are fired. Everything I just built. I now have to build up again at this yeah. new office downtown, move everything. And I just was like, oh, I don't think that I, I don't think I want all this anymore. I'm not really sure that I want this anymore. And also that shift from one kid to two kids. All, the very little time I had to give to my one daughter was then going to be split between two little humans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, and I liked being a mom, like so much more than I thought I would. I also, wow. like, I'm like, oh, this is actually, these kids are cute. Like they're, I like them. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided right then and there that I was going to work for myself, but it still took me like several years and, and more jobs later to actually pull the trigger. I just think like after working up the last, and like Netflix, Us Weekly, like these big names, to be that quickly to be like, nope, like this is it's like an epiphany. This isn't it. And but the, but the epiphany yeah. happens still took me two more years to actually do anything. <laughs> because so, it's probably like, you're like, no, I'd be like, I need a sign from the universe because this can't be the right move. I finally got here, but you're right. It's like, where is here? When, when will it be? Where else can you go? Right. I, I was just like, uh, I'm going to work for myself. And then well, what does that actually mean? Like, what are you gonna do? Right. who's going to hire me? Like I make videos and TV, like for companies, like I work for a network. So who's going to hire me? So I really went through this whole, like, I don't know what this means. And I accepted two more jobs. The last one being Netflix. I worked at Netflix, even when I knew with clarity, I wanted to work for myself, but you know, it was a great learning experience. Like I knew it was going to be hard. It's hard. It's a hard place to work. It's like a lot of work. It's like competitive, yeah. but I learned so much and I got to do some really cool projects, but I, and that's I already on your resume at Netflix. That's is on resume. Your resume. <laughs> yeah. But I already knew, you know, I, I really already knew that like, this is my last full-time job. Like whenever this is over, like I'm done and whatever that means, whether I'm producing videos for people or I'm training people or I'm producing freelance, like, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do it. And then I just started doing it. <laughs> so you were doing was- what you were doing there for yourself. You know, I've shifted. So I've shifted. Now I run my own business and my offerings are content related, but they're not like exactly what I was doing before. So what I'm best at is strategy for video. So like helping businesses figure out what should they be making? What should they be doing? And then helping them make it across video and podcasts. But it's really, it's, it really is that strategy level. It's like, I can make you one video, but like, that's not going to move your business. Like, I really like to like get in nitty gritty, like sit down with them, get to know them. And then I also do on-camera coaching. So everyone needs to be on camera, whether you're like 
just on Instagram for yourself or for your business, you're on LinkedIn or you're doing interviews, like you're on Zooms, everyone's on camera. So I, I, I do that as well. Um, and now I host my own podcast, obviously called Mom's Exit Interview. But um, it took a while to sort of figure out like, what does that look like? Like who's paying me? How am I making money? Yeah. Um, all that. How did, like, where did you start? Like, did you have anyone like an assistant or you just, where do you start when you leave and you're like, I'm going to do it on my own. Do you have to like go get an LLC or something like where, what's the first step? Well, I think that's a great question. And before you're even doing any of those like logistical steps, it's all the mental stuff. Like, you know, you, you read my resume earlier. I read my resume. I'm like, oh, wow, that person over there seems cool. Kim Ritberg, she's done some <laughs> stuff, but the me is like, Oh, no one's going to hire me. Who's going to give me money for anything? And so I think like the biggest roadblock is in our own brain. And yeah. And so like really believing in yourself, finding your crew, your whoever, your therapist, your husband, your friend, your friend, who's an entrepreneur, whoever that person is going to pump you up. Like one of my first, actually episode one of my show is this woman named Patrice. And she was a Today Show producer. And she and I had always been friends through media and she started her video company like three years before me. And I'd been able to watch her. And then we would sit mm-hmm. down and I'd be like, tell me all the stuff. What should the <laughs> contracts look like? I don't like, there I know how go. to make content, but I don't know the other stuff. And I think really like connecting with other people who were doing it and then just like putting one foot in front of another. So for me, the first things were telling people like, I already knew what I'm making, right? I'm a content person. So I'm going to just like make you content in some way. So tell everybody, Hey, I work for myself. Now I have a business. The very first thing, like start an LLC, however you want to structure it. You need to do that because there's a lot of tax benefits. You want to keep your finances separate. There's also liability. Like there's liability. I don't want my family or or house or whatever being wrapped up in anything that happens in my business. So there's a lot of just like little protections that even if you think, Oh, I'm just freelancing mm, start, like set it up properly. And so those are some of the first things is like believing in yourself. Number one, like a hundred percent, then setting it up properly. And then whatever you start doing, you have to be telling people like so many of us feel so sheepish to say, I'm doing this thing. Like, can you tell people or like, I'm doing this thing. Can you hire me? But yes. you don't have to say that. It doesn't, it doesn't even have to also, it doesn't have to be that it can be, I'm doing this thing. Keep me posted. If, if, if it's with your needs or if anyone, you know, needs, it doesn't have to be like, buy now, click here. Okay. And you know, a lot of my, a lot of my business has been incoming. Like people have just introduced me to people and those people say, Hey, I'm working a project. Can you send me a bid or send me a pitch on it? And I'm like, Oh, wow. You're a possible client. I just thought you were this person who lives in my neighborhood. Right. Putting yourself out there. Like, you know, the, the official term is like content marketing, but truly Put, posting things on social media and sending people emails and letting them know what you're up to, sending them links to articles you've written or sending them examples of what you've done. Just like people don't really know what you're doing. Not in a mean way. Just like everyone thinks you're judged. You're being judged. You're not being judged. People yeah. are too busy <laughs> thinking about what they're eating for dinner. Like they're not thinking about you. And I think I had to get out of my own head. I know a lot of what, you know, your background is, is really about perception and how you think everyone's thinking about you yeah. and feeling like you need to be perfect. And getting out of your own head, like all of that stuff. I had so much of that. Okay. I don't want to like, here's my latest blog post and people to be like, oh my God, unsubscribe. Like I never would want to inconvenience anyone, but it's like, then how do you, how do you grow? Like you have to, and that's like, I try to put myself like, would I feel inconvenienced if somebody else was like, 
no, I don't want to say spamming, but like sending all their stuff to me. I, I feel like I just like, okay, so I don't want to do that. But it's like you have, that's how you have to, that's how you get your like leads. And I need to get over that. Totally. <laughs> Not 100%. Over. But, but it's true. I think that like, I just, I, I feel like this. I think I have probably a different perspective because a lot of my business has been incoming and referral based. And I have to say like, well, how do these people remember that I'm alive? Probably because I've been posting on LinkedIn and Instagram, like those are my two main. And then Facebook is connected to Instagram. I don't have a huge social presence, but I have a good business. And so yeah. I think it's also that is like, you can have a ton of followers, but you're not really making good money. Or you could have a ton of followers and you're making good money. You could have little followers and making good money and little followers and not making good money. And so people don't really have a, like a truthful assessment of other people's success or their own success. And it's not always correlated. A hundred percent. And you just think you just have to grow and you like, you have no idea or like you're growing. And you're like, that's great. But like, you're not doing anything with it. You don't know how to pitch a brand or you don't really even know what you want to do. Like I, when I started mine, I was like, where, where is this going? And I had like a business mentor and she was like, what is the final? Cause I don't sell a product. She's like, or do you sell your book? Like, what is your, and I, I just want like my show, like this show to be like legitimate. Like, you know, when you see like the skinny confidential or you see like, uh, not skinny, but not fat, like the show that people go to when something happens, like that would be my dream. It's not monetary. It's not like having this big sponsor. It's like the, this show being a credible, like if you want, you go to squats and margaritas, cause you're going to talk about, like, I want the notoriety of the show. And it's like, but what am I doing to get towards that goal? And I, we talked about this on your show. Like I'm sometimes I'm doing like lip sync TikToks, And I guess it's just me staying relevant. It's like, oh, there's squats and margaritas. I'm at least like top of mind for people, even though it's not like specifically related to what I want to achieve. <laughs> Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. No, I, I, I agree with that. Cause I think that, I think there's like two ways of thinking and some of it, and this is what I've been trying to be good about in terms of, I work for myself now, right? So there's yeah. no person at the end of every year being like, here's your review. Did you meet your goals? What are your goals? You know, yes. we all have to create our own self-evaluations and our goals can be a lot of things. Like they can be, how do you want your life to look? How do you want your day to be structured or how much money do you want to make? It's whatever you want it to be. So I think that getting to there can be a mix of things. And like, for me, like I launched this podcast. I mean, the truth is I feel strapped for time. Like I'm working for myself so that I can Dang. be with my kids more. You know, I started like, I started working for myself so I could have more time with my kids and be more in control of like my schedule and just like not have to, not have to lie and be like, I'm going to the doctor when I'm really at my kid's soccer game. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. And, <laughs> and, and I think that my whole thought though, is I do feel this is not like professional Kim as a corporate advisor. Like I wouldn't, this is not something like I would have said in corporate world, but I do feel like passion plus serendipity equals where you want to be. Oh my God. A hundred percent. That's exactly what happened for me. Yeah. Something I'm passionate about and something that I could have never predicted came together. But then it's like, well, people are like, well, how do I do it? I'm like, well, it kind of just happened for me, but it's not, you have to believe it's like, I, I talk like I'm Gabby Bernstein now, but I, I just started the spiritual awakening. And it's like, if you believe it and you keep putting this thing out there, it somehow happens. Like you can't, 
put out like this is it's not going to happen for me or I don't know what I'm doing. You can't put that thought out there. It's like just keep putting out what you're doing authentically and organically and serendipitously it will be what is for you even though you don't if you don't know what that is. Like you probably imagine like when did you quit your job? <laughs> 3 Almost, years ago. Right. This why would you have ever thought it's not like when you put you quit your job you're like I'm going to host a podcast. It just organically kind of flowed into the sweet spot of what it's supposed to be. And you, you don't need to know what that is right when you make the decision to jump, basically. A hundred percent. And within that passion though, like I say, passion plus serendipity equals like the future you want. Yeah. But passion also includes hard work. So once you feel like it's going, because you're saying, oh, you can't predict it or you can't build it because you're right, because your path is different than someone else's path. And that other person's path might not include a podcast. And that might not include lifestyle or fitness in any way. But I think the point is following something that might be working. Like, let's say you get four clients or eight clients. At the end of the year, say like, which of those things felt right? Which of those clients, they were happy and I was happy. When did I feel great? And when was my life in balance in the way I want? And so, yeah, it's not gonna be your same path, but also, you know, someone could be a teacher or they could be a physical therapist, or they could be a stay-at-home mom, or they can be an Etsy seller. And their path of passion and serendipity is a different type of thing. It it looks different because you're on Instagram and you have a podcast and like, I have a podcast and I have corporate clients. Like, it's just like a different thing Mm -hmm. um, for everyone. But I think the point is following your passion and just like working hard at it. But yes, leveling up, like you got a business coach. That's great. That's exactly what you should do. Like I always advocate hiring people who should help you. Like I've hired people I've hired this, you know, I did a new logo. I did a website refresh. I got headshots. Like I hired three amazing women that I had the most amazing experience with. It's hard to like spend your money on things, but like yes. you have to, you know? <laughs> and so you have to, but you have to do that. Cause I think I that there are certain things you could do yourself, but like there are many, many things you need to have some other people do for you. I'm doing all the things myself because I cannot delegate. I was going to ask you, do you have a team? Like it will be very hard for me, something that I've built to hand off and not be like, what are you doing over there? Like, and not micromanaging the hell out of it. I know I won't be able to do it. And it's like, I don't want to have to ask to see everything they're doing, but it's, I can't delegate. I want to do it all. And I'm drowning. (laughs) So I think what you're saying is something that a lot of people feel, um, I have very, very strong opinions on this. Good, um, bring them. So, so on Mom's Exit interview, I've interviewed a few people who I feel like their tips were so spot on. Like Rebecca Minkoff, the huge designer, she said, what is the highest and best use of your time? So if you're super creative, it is a great use of your time to come up with ideas. Is it though, then the best use of your time to then edit that content? And by the way, I am a master delegator when I work for a company. And now that I'm running my own business, like I can't practice what I preach as much to be fair. Cause um, it's yours your name's yes. on it. It's like your baby. It's, it's not even that it's my, it, it, what is I it? agree with you, but it's not even that my name is on it. it it's like, because it's yours, it's harder to delegate. Not that they won't do it right. It's just that like, is it really going to be faster if to give it to someone I know. else? Like, By the time I show them, I could have done it. But, but right. But when you train, <laughs> but when you train people and they get your voice and they get your systems in two, three months, you'll be saving so much time. Oh my gosh. The first oh. time, no, the first month of like training a new person to help you is like more work because you're trying to teach them yes. the things that you do, but like to scale, you need to do that. So I, I love Rebecca Minkoff's tip. I also think um, Terry Rice is like 
this, oh my God, brilliant. Uh, he has a podcast called launch your business and he is an entrepreneur business expert. Um, literally entrepreneur, entrepreneur magazine. He has this thing that he learned from someone called the zone of excellence and zone of genius. And like, you should only be doing work in your zone of genius or your zone of excellence, everything else, anything you're mediocre at, you shouldn't even be doing so. Cause you can't scale like that. Cause you're spending your time doing a mix of things, some of which you're not good at. So as soon as you're starting to grow your business to the point like you have paying clients, you shouldn't be doing that other stuff. Like I'm not a great video editor. I'm a basic video editor, basic. I shouldn't be editing videos. It's not a good use of my time. I am much more effective at teaching someone else how to grow their brand with video, at teaching someone how to be amazing on camera. Like that's what I'm good at. And so for me to spend my time on the computer editing videos, or I'm trying to think some of the other like tech stuff. Like, I'm not a tech things. expert. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not a tech expert. I'm also like, I'm organized, but I'm not super type A. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just important. Those are good tips. Um, delegating and time management. I have some good time management tips actually. Okay. One of my okay. biggest things is anytime you're trying to do deep work, you have to really block off an amount of time. So I am like creative, like you, where I get in a zone, I'm really excited and I really want to work on something and you just yes. don't know when that's going to strike. Yes. It's exciting. That's so funny. You said like, I'm like, I want to finish it. I want to work on this reel. It's like when it's flowing, it's exciting. Yeah. But, but as much as you can, and I do think it's a little harder in the creative, like get your juju going, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but try, I try to block off a time. So I try to isolate at least two to three hours. And I call that like deep work time, no meetings, no scheduling, nothing with the kids, nothing, nothing for the house, nothing. It takes a little while for your brain to shift into that deep work time. So even if I spend a half an hour making coffee, have like chilling, taking like getting my headspace right, I still look at my time. I still look at my clock. Okay, I have two hours. Then I try to get into the mood, and then I can crank out like many, many scripts, many, many content ideas. Where are your children during this time? <laughs> oh, camp, camp or school? I, it's only okay. when. Oh no, okay. it's only when they're at camp. I'm or like. School. I- I can, no. I can map out some time, but no one's going to adhere to this time. They're going to be like, what the hell mommy. And then I'm, I'm already like, okay. All right. No, there so is going no, back to school. there is no deep work time when your kids are around and you have to know that it's very hard to get focused, quiet time. When you have little kids like scampering yes. around your house yes. like, and, and asking also- you for everything, even though daddy is right there, they walk past him to ask me for something like, get me milk. I'm like, he's, you, he's right here. I want you to get it. Okay. My daughter, my daughter's like was, was annoyed at something. She's like, mommy, why didn't you buy those snacks that you wanted? And I go, well, daddy's right here. And you know, he actually went food shopping. She's like, well, it's just that you're, you're, I'm like, I'm the boss of the house. <laughs> she was like, yes. Yeah, they come like, to you. I'd yeah. rather not be the boss. Like, go right. to daddy. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, we're moms. We're not out on the town every night anymore. We're chasing our toddlers through our kitchen. But there are those times where you want just that little extra something. Maybe it's a girl's night, a wedding, a date night, a work event. If you're looking for that little extra confidence boost, you need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift delivers dramatic results to minimize the look of lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, those 11 lines that I have between my eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes. Guys, it works in four minutes and delivers results up to seven hours. I've tried it. I'm obsessed. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. 
That's R-E-J-U-V-A liftbeauty.com and use promo code margaritas. You need this in your life. Shipping is free. You get 20% off. Go to rejuvaliftbeauty.com. Now back to squats and margaritas. Talk about like delegating within the business. Like obviously I do have trouble with doing, I do everything and not just the things that I'm really good at. But for me, it's more like outside of the business. I'm doing too many things non-business because admittedly, I took this on and I feel like nothing can drop. And it's like, if I'm going to do this, then I also still have to be the mom and I still have to uh, make this business work. And if I can't do the business without compromising something on the mom wife side, then I shouldn't do it. So it's like, if I'm going to take this on, everything else is still going to be where it is because that's what moms do. And I see moms go to work nine to five and come home and make dinner and they don't have a helper. They don't have a nanny. So I'm like, I got to do it. I have to do it too. And that is what has been the hardest thing. It's like, I'm trying to do everything on top of it. And your Rebecca Minkoff episode, she's like, I don't, what she says, she doesn't cook or doesn't clean anymore. Cause she's like, that is not a use of my time. Like anyone can clean and I'm cleaning, I'm cooking just to be able to say like, no, I'm taking this on, but look, everything is still you know, just as it was, nothing is dropped and I'm like burning myself out. And it's all because of the perception that I don't want to get help and get a nanny because I have all this noise in my head. That's like, Oh, you work from home and you need a nanny and you're to do your little Instagram show. I don't know if anybody's saying that, but I have that in my head. So I am trying to do all the things outside of work and work because I feel like that's what mompreneurs do. You just, it's hard and you have to do everything. And I don't ask for help. So I think what you're saying is like, so universal. I feel like we moms, we feel like we have to be everything. Yeah. And I think a few things. So the thing about like hiring for help, everyone's finances are different, but the truth is like, I hired a cleaning person, even when I was earning like $10 an hour at the beginning of my TV career, my bed hit three walls. I was in a shared apartment in New York city. I had no money, but honestly, I'm terrible at cleaning. I'm not good at it. And yes, I could scrape together $50 every two weeks for wow. a cleaner. Like, and that was what it was, or $30 or whatever. And I think it was that understanding of like, I actually dislike this task. Um, I'd rather, <laughs> at that point, I was like doing my media job and also had a side business selling jewelry. I'm like, I'd rather sell more jewelry and make money and pay someone to clean my house. So it's always that trade-off of like, where's the money coming in and where's the money going out? But even separate the money, no one's judging us. Like I said before, it's like, we think everyone's thinking about our life and they are too busy eating a sandwich. They do I not care. judge other people. Yes. So why <laughs> do I think that they're judging me? It's not like I would be like, oh, she's a nanny and she works from home. I would never think that. So why do I assume that somebody's like, oh, it's because, you know, a lot of my stuff, I validate my contribution to my household with all the things that I do. Cause my husband is retired from the NFL. He's obviously like the breadwinner before like the last year and a half or so, I wasn't contributing financially. I was just in order, like what I contribute is everything else, the, cl- the laundry, the cooking, the cleaning. And I do it so that when I go to bed at night, I can look at my yellow notebook that I always have and make sure that everything is crossed off. And then I can sleep. And my therapist is like, what happens if something's not crossed off? And I'm like, well, then I can't sleep. And she's like, that's ridiculous. Who is making you do this list? And I'm like, it's me. It's a self-imposed list. It's not like my husband's like clean this house or you didn't have dinner on the table. Never. It's, it's my validation of look at all the things that I crossed off. And this is going to sound so ridiculous when I'm going to say it, 
if I hire someone, then there, I didn't get to cross off the thing. And I feel like I'm doing, I'm not like measuring up to the, the moms that do all the things. And I hear how ridiculous that sounds, but that is why I do all the things. My validation of my husband pays the bills and look at all the things that I do. For what though? Like, who am I doing that for? It's these things that we put on ourselves. I know it's self-imposed. It's right. Cause I think the truth is first of all, no one's, no one's, no one's like peeking in your curtains and like, uh, Aaron didn't rip the mop. Aaron didn't mop that house. Oh, the, oh, that chicken, Aaron didn't cook that chicken. She ordered it in, you know, I, I might have a different perspective. Cause like, I think everyone has a different perspective. Like I came from corporate and then I like had to readjust my identity of like, oh, now I'm like, not this corporate person. I'm like my own person. I'm having my business, but like, I feel like I need to take on more at the house because I've adjusted Whereas my husband and I both had full-time jobs. So I still did a little more. I think there's always that element of like the mom's a little more of the master schedule or the mom. Yes. Mom's a little more of like the nanny texts you, the nanny texts the mom. Like we were both working. We had a nanny that was working like 10 hours a day. Like we were both working. And then when I started working for myself, now I feel like, well, I adjusted my whole life to like be more with the kids, but to still have my own business. Yeah. I do feel like it's on me to deal with more of the house stuff. So like, if something needs to be fixed, I coordinated if something, you know, like those, those things, those next steps, you know, it aren't, isn't everyone like always fixing something on their house or apartment, you know, but, yes. but I still make sure to say cleaning. I hate it. He's not going to do it. We're both not good at it. We have someone do the cleaning, but the other stuff is I give my husband things, things that like either he's better at, or I don't want to do, or the truth is it, I'm going to get to it so late from now that like, forget it. So I do an event, like a calendar event on a shared calendar. And it says for us to do, and it has three things, not like my to-do list has 20, but it has three things. And I tell yeah. him, Hey, these are the three things that need to be done. Do you think you can get to them this week? Cause I know he has a busy work week. That's fine. I'm not like today. And he does. And he's like, okay, I'll get to them by the end of the week. And he will do them, but not on my time frame. So some of it is yes. not micromanaging. <laughs> yeah, some of it is like not it's micromanaging. It's not getting done immediately. So it's not crossed right. off. And I'm like, I just want to do it so right. I can cross it off because you didn't do it immediately. It's the time frame. Yes. You have to relinquish, like you have to relinquish <laughs> yeah. that. Like you have to relinquish that. So I think that like, I think there's a lot of that in it. And it's not everybody. And I'm not saying everyone micromanages their husbands, but someone gave me that tip before I had a baby. Don't micromanage how your husband is with your baby, or you're never going to change a diaper and they're never going to be with your child yeah. alone. Yeah. I heard that. I was like, got it. And yeah. so whatever my husband does, and same with my mom, my mom is very involved in our kids' lives. Bless her. I'm so happy like that she is, but she, she's a bit of like a creative, uh, like tornado of like joy and creativity and does her own thing. They come home. I never ask her what they ate or whatever, because okay. they're alive. They're fed. They weren't with me for a few hours. So thank you. But if yeah. you micromanage every single person who's close to you and being with your kids, you're just going to alienate them. Yeah. Why would they want to help you out? Or yeah. I mean, unless it's something dangerous, obviously if they're doing something dangerous, you should micromanage them. But like, if you micromanage people and you want their help, they're not going to end up helping you. They're going to feel alienated. They're going to feel micromanaged and they're not going to like it. And so I think that's helped me. Um, my husband is a good participant. He does a lot, but a lot is still relative. I think most couples, women do more like that heterosexual married couples. I do think the women do more. Um, and I think that there's like a lot of movements trying to change that, but I, you know, that's, that's how it is. It's hard for me to ask 
because then I feel like I need help. I have to like, I'm the martyr. Look at all the things. Like, I, I don't want to have to like, I don't know. I think I like the way he saw his mom grow up and do all the things and she didn't have a nanny and she didn't have like, she worked and she couldn't go to school during the day for the parade because she was at work. And I'm like trying to somehow live up to that, like, and do it. Well, I have to do all the things too. And it's not the same circumstance. And I don't know why I, I think it's just because it's like the financial, if I don't contribute financially, my con contribution is the uh, the things I do the things. I don't want to ask him for help with the things he pays. I do the things and it's not serving me well. Cause it's make, I'm on Zoloft because I'm always like doing all the things on my, my, <laughs> therapist is like, you are a hundred miles an hour. And I'm like, there's so many, she's like, don't, she wouldn't let me write my notebook anymore. I'm like, well, then if I don't get it out of my head, I'm going to be thinking about all the things before I go to bed. And she's like, you have too much on you. You have to delegate. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like that, like you said, it won't get done right away. It's something outstanding. If I do it myself, I'm going to be tired, but at least it's off the list and living that way is not serving me. <laughs> You're a perfectionist too. And you want your podcast to be this like certain level of professionalism, which it is. And it's like outstanding. How do you delegate anything? If you want it to be that perfect, how do you not do it all yourself? How do you trust that it's going to be done the right way, which is your way? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. How do you know it's going to be done the right way? My way. Always yeah, my way. Exactly. Um, first of all, this is a great question. Cause I think a lot of us feel like that perfectionism, both in different ways, like at home or in work, or just like it eats at us in some ways. So many of us, so I am a bit of a perfectionist, especially with work product. And so I do, when I put out the podcast, when I wanted to make a podcast, I really did want it to be a certain type of podcast and sound a certain way, but you have to like, you have to remember I am a content person and I don't just mean content person. Like I spent 10 years learning to write and produce under national TV programs. Like I was taught by people like in a cubicle. So it's like getting your master's degree in writing. So mm -hmm. that is my lesson. And then I learned how to do digital media. And so that's what I offer clients. So I feel like my podcast should, yeah. I want it to sound a certain way, but I also feel like that is what I'm used to. That's what I'm used to hearing. I'm used to being like, there's our first segment, there's our second segment, and there's a funny story. And then the music should feel enriching. That's how I grew up in the workforce. So, but I don't think and this is the thing about judgment. I don't think everyone's podcast needs to sound like that. I just feel like my background, like I wanted to sound like that. I think yeah. there's a different world in which me and my brother are just shooting the shit, talking about <laughs> funny stuff. Yeah. And that's just a 20 minute conversation with music at the end and music at the beginning. And that's fine. So that's I think what my show is. <laughs> yeah. But most, but most podcasts, the shit for right, an hour, <laughs> but most podcasts are like that. And I do feel like, by the way, thank you for saying that my podcast sounds great because I feel like that's a compliment because it is what I want. It's what hi people hire me to do. Yeah. And it, how your show has to reflect like the level of that's what you're offering others. And then they listen to your podcast and they're like, Hmm, okay. It like, they're like, Whoa, right. okay. This is how right. she produces. And I'm like, Oh, now Aaron, you can, you can say your, um, the compliment you gave me about my show where we <laughs> hold it up recording. again, hold it up. Yeah, say that, say that, say, give me that compliment again about the mom's show interview. is very well. What is that produced? <laughs> <laughs> Every episode is a mom like that doing their own thing. And yeah. then I do tips and then a funny little parenting story. Like that's how I start structure my podcast. But I feel this way, both about work, but also about being a parent and being a mom and being a human. Everyone has their own way that can work for them. I think there are so many podcasts that I do enjoy 
that are a conversation Mm -hmm. and are not hyper edited. And I think those work well also. The lesson is no matter what you're doing, you can be doing it in your own way. And like what Mm -hmm. I love about the podcast that I'm doing is I'm meeting all these moms and they're sort of like crafting their own life. Like some of them are teachers who are now working 20 hours a week and making more than they ever did teaching. And they're with their kids after school. And I'm like, that's amazing. I'm so impressed by that. And, you know, other ones are people who are working three days a week. Did you know you can work three days a week in your field and earn good money and like not have to like worry about a career gap or a career pause. And if you want to go back in the future, you can, there are all these people doing these moms, like doing these things it's out there, it's available, but we don't know about it because we don't talk about it. Exactly. Like no one, like no one has ever talked about moms doing things besides being home with your kids or grinding on a corporate ladder until COVID. But I already saw this right before COVID. I'm like, I think there's a way that I'm an entrepreneur, but I don't want to be on the cover of Forbes. Like I don't want a unicorn business. I want to like have a good living and feel fulfilled, but I really want to see my kids. Like I really want to take my kid to swim. I really want to have Fridays with them. I want to pick them up from camp and like not have to be multitasking on a work call in my car. Like I want that. And I have that. And I feel like I found that. And it's not every day is easy. Like there were two months last year that I truly thought no one was going to ever hire me again. <laughs> like I have that. I, and I think we all have that. So I don't know. I just, I feel really inspired by meeting other women who are doing it, but also being honest about their struggles. Like I'm being more honest. Like you talk about feeling like you need to be perfect. Like I always felt like I had to be little miss, whatever. Cause I was like student government president <laughs> and I played three sports and I went to an Ivy league school and like I always felt like I had to be some role model. And then as I grew up and in my twenties and thirties, I'm like, oh wait, no one cares. I'm not a role. Like maybe I'm a role model, but like, or you I care. Don't have to take you that on myself. People cared. Nobody cares. You just assumed that people cared, Nobody that they're going to care about these things. And you just say these things because it's important. And people are like, okay. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> and so I think that like, once I stopped thinking about what other people were saying or caring or whatever, I just feel much more free. And I really also, when I left corporate, I, you know, I had a great resume and like, I just, I just stopped thinking about if I don't have an email signature that says Netflix or us weekly, Yeah, is no one going to respond to me? I get that. Yeah. But who cares? That's like me pitching these big guests and they're like, what is it? How many downloads do you have? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's okay. Like, I don't have this name yet. Yeah. And who cares? And also like, who cares? I am Kim. I have done these cool things. And I'm also just Kim whose kids ask her to wipe their butt and, you know, like make fun of her when she does dumb shit. And Mm -hmm. I think that remembering like your friends and your family still love you. And this (laughs) other thing is just this other thing. And it's not your identity. And like, you are you. And these other things are like, bullets on your life resume and they don't define you. And I think that for me, pushing that out there and saying, these are jobs, these are things I did. I'm proud that I did them. And also I'm ready to move on. And if none of my clients have that cachet of like a Netflix, so what? I'm proud of the work I'm doing. I'm helping businesses grow. I'm teaching people, like I'm starting courses on teaching people how to do video strategy and how to be better on camera. For me to be able to teach someone and like be their cheerleader and help them grow, that's amazing. And it has to be more fulfilling that you do it without the cachet. Like you didn't have Netflix underneath. You just had Kim and you build it without that name. I'll tell you when Gretchen Rubin and Rebecca Minkoff said they'd be on my show. I know. I, I was like, oh, on my show. 
on my show. I didn't even have podcast one Not at that Netflix. point. It was oh, just my show with it? nobody. I was like, this is just me. I was like, I'm Kim Ritberg. I've done these things. We're having a conversation about all these women yeah. finding fulfillment, you know, in the gray space, like from 10 hours a week to entrepreneurs, like whatever you want to do, stay-at-home moms with side hustles, consultants, and how we are doing it on our own terms. Yes. When they said yes, I was like, that's yeah. it. They said yes, yes to Kim. They didn't say yes to Netflix. They didn't say yes, yes. to Netflix. They said it's yes to It's even Kim. better. It's more like empowering that way. You don't want the Netflix. You know what you made me think of when you were saying like, you have what you wanted. Like you, you have this business, you're doing what you want to do. You can take your kids to swim. I have exactly what I want too. Like I, I love what I'm doing, but it's like, you get that you want it to scale. Why can't I just, it's, Rebecca talks about it on yours, Rebecca Minkoff. She was like, why, what's wrong with just being a profitable small business? Like you have to keep going and then you never feel satisfied because you're never, once you get a thing, then you just want to go higher. It's like, why can't you just be content? This is what I want to be doing. I'm home with my kids. It's going well, but I don't, I want to go, be bigger. And that is like a struggle. I agree with you. I think the whole idea of contentment, like I struggle with that because we all struggle with this because a social media is feeding us. Like there's always someone like prettier and, and skinnier and better and richer and whatever than you. So first of all, there's social media. And also like in whatever situation you're in, whether like you're a stay-at-home mom or if you're in the corporate world, there's always people you're comparing yourself to. Like that's yes. been happening from the end of time. Yes. But <laughs> one of the things that like this Dr. Lisa Demore said on the show was, be your own yardstick, like figure out what you want and you need. And like, I have a therapist. I okay. swear without my therapist, I wouldn't even have done half of these things. Wow. I wouldn't, I just feel like she'll ask me questions and she'll be like, well, what do you want? I'm like, well, the, the, the client wants me this. She's like, what do you want? I'm like, well, I don't want, really want to work in the summer. I want to work like much, much less. She's like, don't yeah. you work for yourself? Aren't you a consultant? Can't you pick that you don't work this summer? And I'm like, oh my God, right. I am in control. Oh my God. I am in control. I know. I, I'm not even there. I was so used to pitching brands and now brands will pitch me and they'll like, it'll be a lot of money. And then I'll look at it and it's like, you have to do these six things. They need it by this time. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. But it's like, you do it because this brand wants to work with you, but I don't want to do that. But it was like, I wasn't considering myself. It's like, well, you do it because then it's like on the resume, I work with this brand. I don't want to do this at all. I definitely don't want to do six steps. And I would say yes, because it was like, for my brand, but that's not what I want to do. And I never just consider what I want to do. <laughs> like, that's right. ridiculous. <laughs> and I think so much of this though, is rejiggering our own brain. Like turns out, Aaron, oh, uh, you're in control. I know. I forget. You're actually that. in control, I know, but you have it's to all like, about, yeah. Like what's the neck, but this could launch this, but it's like, where are you going? What do you, I found something that I can do from home that I truly enjoy. And I'm doing that, but I'm like, not satisfied. Because it's like, if I'm going to do something, I want it to be like, I, I'll admit like when the charitable thing comes out with the charts on podcasts, I'm like sad if I'm go down or if I'm not on the charts, I'm like, but it's like, I'm doing what I want to do. Why do I need to be on the chart? Like I always hold myself to a standard. I can never be content. It's like I can ever. But one of those things that I have found that I think is really important and I write this down. So I write down my goals or my success metrics. So you have to like, I do this for myself. I'm like, what do I want out of this project? Like, what do I want out of the podcast? As soon as I hit those metrics, regardless of what other people think is success yeah. or not, I have to say, this is a success because otherwise when is enough? Like you have to answer, Aaron, 
when is enough, but you have to, you, I'm like, uh, oh, no, Dr. Yeah. Ritberg, Dr. Ritberg is here. So I'm going to, I'm like, you're going to lay on my couch. You have to decide objectively in a moment of like, you have a day to yourself, you take a walk, no headphones, and you really a run. You really think to yourself, what do I actually want? And when is it enough? Because until you answer that, the, I have, we call it in my house, the bear on the unicycle. There's a bear on a unicycle and it's always running around in my head. And I say something to my husband and he's like, is the bear on the unicycle? And I say, the bear's on the unicycle and like it's just that. running around and it won't <laughs> he's stop. He's always on there. I, he's always on there. <laughs> just make him stop running. Just make him stop pedaling. <laughs> this bear on the unicycle won't stop pedaling. And yes, it, it, we have to decide when that's enough. And I struggle with this. I'm giving you this advice. I struggle with this. I yeah. have things that I write down. This is what I want out of this project. This is what I want out of this year. As soon as I hit that, it's not like stop and go to sleep, but but it means forget about these other things and whoever else is better than you or more than you or more successful or richer than you or whatever. Whenever you hit that, stop. That's it. Like celebrate, like be proud of yourself. Cause also like, look what you did. You built this out of nothing. Like you have this huge following, you have this platform. You're so fun. You're so real. Like your social feed is so real and it helps people feel seen and they're writing you comments that you're helping them improve their lives. So you need to sit. I'm like, Dr. Ritberg's in the house. No, I, I'm sitting here like taking no, this like, all in. <laughs> you, like you need to stop and like pat yourself on the back and say, wow, look at what I did. I felt an itchiness. I scratched that itch. Mm-hmm. I was home with my kids, which I loved, but I was feeling itchy. I did this thing and this thing grew because I'm talented and focused and hustling. And then you need to say, yay, Aaron, good for me. What do I want with the rest of 2022, 2023? Like when is enough? Otherwise you're not going to even, your life's going to go by and you're going to be like, it was never enough. And you're going to look back and be like, it, it is enough. Oh my God. I'm such a good mom. And I'm doing this great stuff. I hear you. Like, I think too. And I want to ask you too, cause you're a video strategist. Like I get when I put so much into something, I guess I, it's the measure of success. I feel like I make videos that nobody sees. And it's like, when you look at the, I know I shouldn't care about the views, but it's like, what is the point of this? And then you compare to somebody else that did the same sound that you did in a shittier lip sync and theirs is viral and yours got 26 views. And then it makes me just be like, what is the, even the point? I'm like, I'm making videos that nobody's seeing. I'm taking time away from my kids for something that's not successful, but it's like, what is successful? That's not doing what I would hope that it would do or compared to what other people are doing. And that frustrates me when I put time into something and I make videos that don't get seen. Like, is there something that you see mompreneurs doing like on Instagram, like a mistake that you see that you're just like, oh my God, I wish you knew this. Like people that are mad about their growth are not getting views. What is happening that you see as a consultant that you're like, oh my God, it's that you're doing this. I'm like, let me pull up my free download, which by the way, you can get. follow me on Instagram. <laughs> actually, I am, I'm saying in a funny way, but I am serious. I actually do have, like 10 tips to create awesome video for your business. It's a free download that you can get. It's in my Instagram bio. Like broadly, I think don't try to post to every social platform because every platform has their own rules and recommendations Mm -hmm. or whatever. But like, let's say you're just like sticking to Instagram. Number one, never start a video by introducing yourself because you have like that first second to catch someone's eye. And if you're busy saying, hi, I'm Kim Ritt, like beep, they're just going to scroll down. Exactly. Yep, by, the, okay. you, by the time you finish your last syllable, they're on the next feed. And then think about like, what, what your, what's your point? Are you being entertaining, educational? Like those, those things, like a lot of your stuff I love is just funny and is relatable. 
And so I would say it's hitting that entertainment, right? So like, I feel like the roles that I've engaged with the most on yours, I'm like, oh my God, that's so funny. That's so me. So funny, but I try to make it like the captioning to be something fitness or, but you don't care about that. It's the funny. Yes. I think they're funny because they're relatable. And also I just feel like they're very authentic. Like what you're doing, right. is like, I feel like you're very authentic. So I think that that's another thing is don't try to be someone else, be yourself. And you're, you're crushing it on Instagram. So I feel like you even asked me these tips is like, it's great for your listeners, but you're doing a great job. No, I'm I'm telling you. And then, like you said, that was, that's already a great tip. Don't go to other platforms. I will post the same exact, well, it's a reel on Instagram and it's a video on TikTok. I had one that went viral recently and talk about never being satisfied. I was like, it's going to hit a million. I've never had one hit a million ever. When it hit a million, I wanted 5 million right now. It's at eight. And I'm mad that it's not 10. And it's like, what the hell is wrong? I never had one that had one. I'm never satisfied, but that one 8 million on Instagram. I think it had 120 views on TikTok. It's the same video. And I'm like, what am I doing? Is it hashtags? Like what? How is it so funny on Instagram and nobody cares on TikTok? Like, no, I mean, it had nothing. It's the same content. Well, I think you know this, but I'm going to say this for anyone who is listening. It's like, first of all, you can never repurpose Instagram content for TikTok or TikTok for content for Instagram without treating it in a way that the watermark is gone. So anytime a platform knows that you're recycling it from somewhere else, they're going to deprioritize it. So you can see that instantly. You just run a test, put two TikTok videos on Instagram. You'll see they get pretty much no views. So that's one thing. I mean, some of it is like, you could have the right hashtags and then it serves it up. It could be trending audio. Like there's a bunch of things that Instagram looks for. Instagram loves when you use their native functions. So using their uh, subtitles or captioning. So clicking Mm -hmm. captions, they love when you use their text. They love when you use their stickers, anything new that they're doing, they want you to buy into what they're doing. And so if you're doing what they're asking you to do, you're going to get Uh, recommended. You're going to be showing up in the for you feed and you're just going to get more exposure. So that's like already a thing. Um, And then why it does well on one platform versus another, every platform is different. And it's just like the song that could be trending on Instagram might've been on TikTok two weeks ago. And so actually it's not really trending on TikTok anymore. It already peaked. It's already fallen. And the other thing is, I think that like, you know, you can train different platforms. Like if Instagram, they say the best thing in general for all the platforms is consistency. And so I think that's one of the things why people delegate and have a social media manager is that you're getting that consistency. Cause if we're busy moms, which every mom is busy posting every single day at 10 o'clock and then one, two reels a week at two o'clock or posting, you know, two reels a week, Tuesday and Thursday at 10 o'clock, you know, that that's the best time. And then posting static feeds two other days or whatever. Yep. Sometimes at that exact time, you're busy. Maybe you're on a work call. Maybe you're picking your kid up from camp or, or school or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So the consistency, I think that's one of the big reasons to hire and delegate and have a social media manager because they're keeping you on schedule. They're keeping you on track. They're training the algorithm that you're an active user there. And when the algorithm is seeing that you're giving and getting, that's really helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the other things about growing is, is really looking into it. And it's the same, I think in general for like promoting your business and growing your business, networking, networking has this like dirty word of like grungy, grungy convention halls or mahogany yes. bars with dirty, That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> dirty peanuts, right? So yeah. networking is a bad word, but truly we moms love community and we love networking. And like, I've met you and I've met other moms who I just feel like are awesome and open right. and they share information. And so I think the more you think about as 
building a network and, and connecting with people and seeing where those connections go while still staying true to like whatever you're trying to do, whether it's get sponsors or find clients or make money in whatever way, figuring out how do I build my community? who I share information with. And then like, who are my clients and who are my peers? Who are my mentors? But like thinking of it like that, instead of saying, who's my follower, how many followers do I have? Because one really important thing to remember, follower account does not equate to success and follower account does not equate to income. And I have this Instagram coach car on the episode. You're, you're shaking your head. You know, you know, you know how it is. Cara Brillhart is an Instagram coach and she's on an episode of mom's exit interview. And she is this brilliant Instagram coach who like got laid off while she was unemployed. Sorry, she was pregnant and unemployed. She got laid off, was licking her wounds and was like, I'm going to work for myself, making six figures her first year. She's just like crushing it. And she says she works like 30 hours a week, but she says her best month ever was when she had like a thousand followers or 2000 followers. Because her engagement was probably crazy high because those are the people that really like your content and her sharing and her commenting. And she felt authentic. Like she felt like she didn't have to be someone else. And now she's more of a brand because she's at like 50,000 followers. So anyway, I think, I think that lesson is, and like, listen, I don't have a huge social following. I have a very, very good business. Like I'm not going to be like, I earned so much money, but like I have a good business. Like my company was just featured in business insider, which Mm -hmm. I was like, I am going to sit down, (laughs) pat myself on the back, have a a margarita. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not doing any squats, but I'm going to do a margarita. <laughs> and I did. I took that moment to say, good job, Kim, because we don't pause and say good job. So no, anyway, right. I, it, to, to, to wrap up my tips for social media is don't just think about the follower account. Think about what you're looking for. Try to build relationships. Try to build networks. Um, don't start videos with, hi, my name is, because you're wasting that first second where people are judging. Totally. Um, always try to use, t- you know, trending audio. Even if you're doing a talking video, you could put the trending audio really low. Oh, that's a great idea. So yeah, just so-, so Instagram sees that it's on there. Yes. Instagram uh-huh. can see that you're using audio, even if it's not loud. Um, and then wow. try to, and try to stay up on the trends because the more you follow their trends, the more they'll recommend you to other, th- to other um, users and then collaborations, you know, collaborations, asking people to share your stories, sharing other people's stories, really making it more of a community. That, that is yeah. how you grow. Um, yeah. And looking at it as a community and a network, not like asking an ask, like asking somebody to do something. That's like part of your network. You help them. They help you. It's not like asking for a favor. Most people are not really going to have a huge following. And that's not in a negative way. That's in a normal way. Most people are going to have like an engaged community that's authentic. And so people like you who have huge followings are outliers in a good way. I think it's great. What you're doing is great. But I think the truth is people can build businesses or get whatever outcomes they want, meet new people, connect, get advice, build community, feel seen, feel connected, whatever it is you want to do. But if you are using Instagram to, to build your business, you don't need to build a huge following. You need to find the right people. So if you're an accountant and you're trying to build your business in accounting, you want to find other small business owners who are going to use you. And if you're a stylist, you want to find people who are really interested in style. And so like 5,000 of the right users can be enough for your clientele, you know? So just, I think it's, it's, it's thinking about what you want. And really like, I always start with a client. What do you want? What are your goals? Write down your goals because otherwise, even if you exceed those goals, you're not going to be happy. So you have to remember what your goals are. That's it's so funny because I don't sell anything. I'm not selling a a tangible item. I'm I'm like basically promoting myself so that I have more of a presence so that I can book better guests on my show and I can, I'm so more credible 
and I would like speaking. So it's like, if people are motivated by me, then I can get more speaking opportunities. I'm not selling. So it's like, who is my niche of people? I guess women that want to be motivated. Yeah. That's more where I need to be. I, I don't, when you asked me earlier uh, about how I grew, I don't know how I, this didn't come up. And I was like, no, I've just had some other people share my contact. I that real, I had an 8 million and people, I mean, it was just like blue, 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 blue. I've never had something happen. And what's weird is it didn't go viral right away. Like I posted that and then like, say like a week and a half went by, I'd posted multiple reels after it. And then that one just took off. I'm looking at it now, by the way, I'm just, I'm like, but it went crazy. And I got a, yes. I mean, thousands of followers from that one, but you never know what's going to go viral or not. Like you can't, you know, you just got to keep putting them out. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was the other thing. Sorry. The question of like, how do you know? And you feel disappointed when all of this stuff, you have to just keep going. And I think it's a balance of looking at the analytics and saying what's working, what are people responding to versus not looking at every single post. I have like some reels that are like 200 people looked at. I have some reels that have like 10,000 people looked at. I'm like, whatever, you know, like you can't, I think not nitpicking the things, but holistically looking at the insights. Cause if you're using Instagram to grow your business, you do need to have a sense of like at the end of the month, reels covering fitness or growing reels covering okay. dirty house is not growing. Like you just <laughs> okay, have like a top level, like yes. understanding. I'm not goals. even doing that. Yeah. So that, that's what I would say is, is focusing on the big picture insights and not nitpicking like each video, because that's just not, it's just not that productive. Um, you know, know, you're really looking for mad. trends. Yeah. You're looking for trends. Yeah. And these are the things that I did at us weekly and pop sugar and Netflix. You're looking at high level insights. You're not looking at each video, you're looking at top level insights to understand your audience better, to feed them better content that they are looking for. So squats and margaritas is about striving to find the balance that I have yet to find when I'm solely laser focused on my brand. I feel like a shitty mom when I'm with my kids, I'm like thinking about the brand. And then I'm like, I find myself like admittedly posting on Instagram anytime I'm with my kids, because I want people to be like, look at me. I'm also a mom. I can't find the balance. Have you found the balance or how are you striving to find balance between being a mom and being an entrepreneur? I love that question. I think of balance as look at my month. Do I feel like in this month I've gotten really good time with my kids? And do I feel like I'm doing some work that I'm proud of? Cause I do on a day to day, I don't feel like I always have balance because some days I'm just like really busy on a project and like, I really need to like finish something and maybe I'm doing a lot of work so that the next few weeks are lighter. And at at those times, I don't feel like I'm getting all the time with my kids that I feel like I really want. And I shifted my whole life to get more time with my kids. And what am I doing? I'm not prioritizing. Right. But I do, I do think like on a macro level, I try on a macro level. I feel like I have balance. I feel happy. I feel like you do too. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I feel balanced, but it's always a struggle because when I get into a project, I'm really excited about like this podcast, it's going well, people are talking about it. It's getting written up in the press. And like, I'm really proud of it. Like, I'm so proud of it. Should be. Thank you. But it's, I'm at night writing, look, tra- looking at the scripts. I'm creating mm-hmm. social media assets. I'm booking guests. So I think that I'm working probably more than I was hoping to be working because I'm on this project. I'm really excited about, but in a few months when, when the machine is more well-oiled, like I say, I'm not as good doing for my own business as I am for a company. When I was at us weekly managing 17 people, it was a well-oiled machine and I was in charge, but when it's my own business and my own life, I'm not as diligent about it, but I'm trying to get better. And every day is a work in progress. And 
I do, you know, I think that I'm, I'm trying to be the best mom I can be. I'm trying to be kinder to myself about if something goes well, I'm trying to have a margarita and cheer for myself. Right. And if something goes badly, I'm trying to like, not let it affect my whole mood the whole day and just like move on. And so I think that we all struggle with these things, um, no matter who we are. I think the, the holistic balance helps me a lot. And, you know, this month I, every quarter, every half a year, I try to do a thing where I do one-on-one time with my kids, like a full day and maybe an overnight. And I do that with my daughter and it becomes a thing because it's a thing. It's not just remember when we got ice cream or like, remember when we went to the carousel, it's like Mm -hmm. mommy Lily day. And then I'll do mommy Nate day. And I don't want it to just be a day. Like my whole point is for there to be more special times that are unstructured. I don't want it to only be that day, but yeah. um, I, it means that I'm f- focusing on it. And I'm thinking about it. Yes. You're making it a thing. Like anyone who's thinking about it, anyone who's even trying to be better is and do mom. better is a good mom. If you're thinking about it, it's even a proactive thought. Like <laughs> that's you're a good so, parent. So, yes. you're like, if it bothers you that you're not seeing your kids enough and you, like that, you're a good mom by saying that a bad mom wouldn't even notice. Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Right, like a bad mom doesn't even care. Yeah. <laughs> um, she doesn't care. I know so much of what you talk about is body image and all that. And I really love that we're talking about body image, like holistically. I was an athlete when I was in high school, didn't play in college, but I love the idea of playing sports, like taught me that my body was like a, a used for things besides being in a bikini. And I felt like I had a better body image than others. But at the end of the day, I look back, I look at photos of myself during any different age. And I notice how thinner heavy I was. It's like, what a weird thing for that to be one of the first things I notice. not you where didn't was in I. the time, like during no, now. Now, wow. like I look at my photo albums, I'm like, oh right. yeah, I was running the marathon then. So I was like pretty fit or, oh, like that was after That's I had the, first the baby. Thought, is That's, that... But how did you dodge it from not get going down the eating disorder rabbit hole? Well, you're not the oldest. I swear I'm firstborn, you hold yourself to this standard. And I had three younger sisters and none of them struggled with anything like that. They had confidence. There was no body image stuff. There were no eating disorders. They all had successful college careers. Nobody obsessed over it and trained all year. It was me that was just like this perfectionist, obsessive person. So, I mean, kudos to you that you you. didn't let it get to that. And like, you notice it now, but that wasn't a thing for you as a young girl. Thank you. And then the, 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 I also like, you know, my daughter, I have a daughter and I really try to have no one in the family ever talk about body stuff. I know because anyone over our generation, it's a normal thing to be like, wow, look at that woman. She's so fit. Isn't she gorgeous? I'm like, let's not, let's not, that's not the first thing we want to talk about. We want to be like, what's happening right now is my daughter is super, super tall. Like it's I'm five ten and my husband's six, four. She's going to first grade. The first thing that every single person is like, oh my goodness. Whoa, she's so tall. Oh, you are so tall. And I'm like, can we just not make this a thing that she's going to be like, I'm too tall because I didn't like being taller than the boys growing up. And I'm trying so hard. Obviously I don't want body image and like weight to be a thing, but I swear, I'm like, could we not everybody? Oh, you're so tall. You're in kindergarten. You're so tall. And I'm like, stop making it a thing. But I love that we're having these conversations. Like, I don't even think I thought about, oh yeah, don't comment on what a kid looks like as the first thing you say to them. Yeah, it's not like you mean to, right. And people are genuinely like, oh my goodness, she's in kindergarten. And they don't have ill intent. It's just, yes, you're right. We have to just keep making people cognizant of it because no one's meaning anything by it. It's just like, you notice that you say it. Oh my God, have you lost weight? Like a compliment. And it's like, you don't know if this person has an eating disorder that you're eating into. 
Yes, I totally agree. And I think that at least though, at least I feel like the conversation is happening and there is movement forward. Like I now know to tell the older generations of my family, Hey, we don't comment on people's bodies in this household. That's not a thing we talk about. And we talk about eating a rainbow and we're allowed to eat ice cream, but only a few times a week. And you know, not about good fed, good food, bad food, but like a little bit of this food it's in the rainbow. And I don't know. I just, I I like that at least the conversation is happening. And I think that that's helpful for our children, at least we're for us. We're too late. Just kidding. Um. (laughs) Too late for us. It's too late for me. It's too late for me. I'll still be looking at my photos and thinking about how big my thighs were. We grew up in that. Like it was like waif skit, like Kate Moss. Like you wanted to have like pencil arms. And I feel like the aesthetic has definitely changed. Like what is um, desirable? Like, Like the Kardashian figure, like now everybody wants like butt implants and like now you don't want to be straight up and down. And it's like, if the aesthetic is changing, it just shows you that it's bullshit. Like now this is desirable. Now this is, it's all, it's just like, I just hate, I hate that I, what I dealt with and there was no social media, like what my daughter will have to deal with makes me want to cry right now. Like I cannot have it. It's not going to happen to her. I'm on top of it. I will not have her go through what I went through. That's like my purpose in life. So mom's exit interview is on podcast one. Do you have any exciting episodes that are about to drop that you can? Yes. Use? Yes. Um, so there's so many amazing guests. So every episode, you're going to meet a mom doing something outside the nine to five, a stay at home mom with a side hustle, an entrepreneur, a consultant, whether they're working 10, 10 hours a week or 40 hours a week on their own terms. So it's super inspirational. There are like yes. so many amazing moms, teachers, um, community builders, like just, uh, and podcasters and, and just like all these people to show you, like you can do it too. Um, and then every episode has tips. So we have a Rebecca Minkoff episode, Gretchen Rubin episode. We are going to hear from Shannon Monson, who's they call the good rebel. Um, like she was a Mormon and she sort of broke from that and is like Ooh. a serial entrepreneur like million dollar businesses. Um, oh. and now she launched this flex work program. So she's like amazing. Um, and we're going to hear from Carly Roney who co-founded the knot. Ooh. She is the most amazing person ever. She's still young, but already retired. And we talk about how her complicated relationship with saying she's retired because our country is so work oriented. Um, and she has so many amazing tips about starting a business, how big you should have your business, mom guilt, working with her husband. And she's like really nice and cool and so down to earth. So that's an awesome episode. Anyway, you're gonna hear from so many amazing moms and you're going to be like, I can do this. Or like, I feel in transition. How do I feel more comfortable with being in this situation? So you're gonna love it. Mom's exit interview, wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get your podcast, mom's exit interview. And where can someone find you if they're interested? Maybe a mompreneur is like, wants to grow their business. I don't know if you work with like just corporates, but like corporations, but if somebody wants your services, where can they find you? Great. So I'm starting to do courses, which is really exciting. So I can like work with more people and teach them more. If you find me on Instagram at Kim Rittberg and my website's the same K-I-M-R-I-T-T-B-E-R-G. I I have a free download with video tips and on-camera tips and, um, you know, follow me. Uh, I have a a pretty fun feed. Um, and I always looking to meet new people. So say hi, drop me a DM and be like, I'm Aaron's friend. I have squats (laughs) and margaritas with my friend. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.
To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com/podcast1. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.